Welcome to the LBC podcast where we explore Christian theology and practice for the building up of God's family. My name is Josh White. I'm the Adult Ministries Director at LBC. And by now, you've probably noticed that we've decided to continue meeting in person uh, with the safety regulations that we have put in place. And so we wanted to just take some time today to explain why we made that decision. And so Pastor Eric is here to help provide clarity on that decision. Thanks for being here, Eric. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, I'm excited to be able to walk through this and uh, share with our church where we're coming from. Uh, as you can imagine, I've gotten lots of questions and yeah. I'm thankful for those questions because uh, people care about our church. Uh, people care about the safety of our church. Uh, people care about us remaining faithful to God's word. And so grateful for all the questions. And we thought the best way uh, to cover all of them would be to just put something out there they can watch. Also, you can go on the website if you look at the button down in the middle, all the way to the right, the third button, you can click on that as a PDF. It'll go more detailed and written form of what we're going to cover right now. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. So let's go ahead and just dive right in. Okay. So first question for today would be, why did we stop meeting in person in the first place? Yeah. So let me, let me give a caveat. Sure. Okay is that we uh, make decisions based on what's best for our church according to what we see in God's Word. And so I can't speak to other churches and what they've done and uh, what their reasoning is. I don't know what their circumstances are, what they're going through. Um, and that's, that's not a cop-out, I promise. You know, you read Hebrews 13, verse 17, it talks about how leaders of the church will have to give an account um, and we have to give an account for the decisions we made for this church because this is uh, the group of people God's entrusted to us with to shepherd and lead. And so we've done the best we can uh, according to God's word and our church and our circumstances. So I can't answer why other churches are doing things, but we can answer why we're doing it. Sure. And so that caveat, um, you know, when all of this started, I was in Kenya, Right. And my wife's calling me, like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. You've been there. Yeah, right? okay? it's crazy. Crazy. And, um, you know, I'm up on Mount Elgon. And all of a sudden, uh, the church way up there is saying, hey, we, we got to wash our hands. They're changing things. By the time I get back down the mountain, uh, they've shut down everything in Kenya. I can't go back and teach my seminary class. Um, the elders have said, hey, we want you to come home. And uh, so I'm coming home and it's, it's starting to hit me. Something big is happening, yeah. you know, and all of this is happening. And this kind of just tells you everything you need to know is there was still confusion even as it started. You know, we're traveling and some people are in hazmat suits and some people have nothing. And we're trying to like find, um, you know, face masks to be cautious, or looking around, find them, wear them. Yeah. And so it kind of, you know, just to set that scene for you. So I come back and I kind of hear what the elders have been processing. And what we really processed was the safety of our church and that there is this unknown virus that is new and it, a lot of people are sick and they're flooding hospitals. Uh, and we, from what we can tell, we don't have the proper equipment to help and we don't have a grasp on what's happening. And so we want to be a part of being example of being obedient, mm -hmm. uh, 
and and participating with everyone else. Now, when I say obedient, is we didn't have a reason to think anything was being targeted at the church, that they were trying to shut churches down, um, but rather they're trying to look out for the best well-being of people. And when you look at Romans 13, it can kind of seem hard to understand. But when you look at the first part of it, first, you have to understand in verse one, it says there is no authority except from God. And so that has to be our starting point is God is the authority. Now, if you look at the other part, verse four, it says for, it's talking about the the government's servants that for he is God's servant for your good. And so we're to trust that they're making decisions in that manner. And so we didn't see any reason to disagree with that. Um, So for us from the beginning, it wasn't about obeying the authority. It was about setting the right example, looking at the health concerns, looking at how to best love our church. Now, if you look at what we did, um, I didn't leave my house for two weeks. I preached from home and I recorded my sermon over Zoom while Kyle Lapeer was recording it over the internet connection. Okay, We were very faithful to... Um, we don't know anything. We're going to trust and discern this out. And then as we learned more information and, and we saw things loosening up, we felt it okay to meet at the church because now we were bringing a group of 10 in together. And mind you, at the very beginning, we ordered all the PPE stuff that was necessary. And we're talking months. It's backed up. We yeah. don't know. So again, we're praying and processing. We're trying to learn and, and see what to do. And then we see our stuff start to come in. We start to see that where a plan is coming together, that we can uh, open church safe. We can have the proper distance. We can have the proper sanitation. We can have people exit differently than the way they came in. We have uh, you know 750 person sanctuary that we're gonna put 100 people in. So these things start coming together. Now, will we feel safe? We have proper information. And we see lots of people throughout the United States opening up and and we see this. So from the beginning, it wasn't about um, there is a law and we have to obey that law. It was, this was the direction given. Uh, We think it wise to obey that direction because we don't know anything about this uh, COVID-19. We're not prepared for it. And so we're going to be like everybody else. We're not going to just run out in the wind and be cowboys and say, you know, we don't have to worry. We're different. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to set a bad Christian example to non-Christians, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. So in light of some of those things, um, why have we decided to keep meeting in person now? Or kind of in other words, what's changed from the first decision that we made to stop meeting in person to now where we've decided to continue meeting in person. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the biggest part of that is that we have a plan that we, we really believe in, um, that we've spent a lot of time as a staff going over um, from calling churches all over the United States. I mean, you know, I had yeah. you, you guys are calling everywhere, <laughs> yeah. right? Watching videos of churches, seeing mm-hmm. what's the fullest extent we can go to to provide a safe place um, mm-hmm. for the church to gather because we're, we're trying to balance two scriptural tensions. We want to be obedient 
to the government, but also we recognize that God has commanded us to uh, to do church in a certain way. And part of that is the gathering of the people. Part of that is singing God's worship to God. Part of that is teaching God's word faithfully, you know. And so there's certain elements we need to do. And so when we look at that, we can look back and say, hey, we started off in our house. We moved to recording from the church. And then we moved to opening up under strict guidelines of less than 100 with proper PPE, proper distancing, uh, and proper rules of entering and exiting. And we sanitize every single pew in between the services. Mm -hmm. You know, so when we look at all of that, now when the same um, order comes down, we feel, okay, we can still continue on and be safe. We're not being negligent. Um, we're we're acknowledging that the virus is harmful and it could do harm and we don't want to do harm. But we're also having a platform for people to uh, listen online who are unable to come and for health reasons can't come. And we want to honor both parties, you know, and that's been the hard part is that um, there's people on the medical side that are arguing about it's the flu and this is super serious. People are dying. You need to take this. You have the government that's disagreeing on what's right. And so all we could really do is say, well, let's, let's put those aside. Let's look to God's word and let's do the best we can to love our people. And we feel like we're providing multiple platforms for people to be shepherded, loved, and guided by God's word. And that's really been the heart of what we've tried to do is that people can interact online, but people can also come in a safe environment. And I've heard people say, I feel more safe coming to church than I do the grocery store because of the distancing, because of the way we exit people in distance from the way we sanitize. You know what I mean? And so that's been a testament to the volunteers at this church, the leadership at this church that cares about the people at this church to lead them faithfully by God's word. And so if I have to say what changed was really our ability to love the people and move forward in a safe way. Absolutely. So speaking of just wanting to be uh, faithful to what the scriptures say, yes. um, what are, you know, you've mentioned some already, but what are some scriptures specifically that have helped, you know, support our decision to stay open? Yeah. So, I mean, again, we're going to hop back to Hebrews and we're going to look at uh, chapter 10. We're going to look at verse 23 through 25. You know, we started off with one tension is, that the government is in place and we're to obey them. So when you look at, you know, how do you flesh this out? Because I preached Romans 13 and a lot of people are like, wow, and that was really strong. And so I think for me, what, where I was trying to get out with that sermon is they're going to put rules in place that we do need to abide by and that we do need to do. So if, if they said all of a sudden churches lose their tax exemption, we would pay the tax. If all of a sudden they say all churches need to be indoors and we need to cover all open areas, we would cover the open areas. You know what I mean? We would obey the rules that are given. And so we need to be weary of just saying we don't have to obey, right? And so that's the tension. But when is, when is there a line being crossed? That, that's where people are feeling this tension. And so we've tried to balance that command to obey the government with, well, what also do we see in the Scripture? So I'm going to start in Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. I would love to read more and give you a fuller context. Um, but for what we're doing here, I can't. So verse 23 reads like this. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, 
for he who promised is faithful. So again, in this context, you do have persecuted Christians that are having a hard time coming together. And so he's giving them an admonishment to, hey, hold fast, right? Uh, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, right? And verse 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near, which is fascinating because I'd love to talk about the day and end times and eschatology and get into how does that affect what's going on, but we don't have time. That's a little preview for a nerd alert there. (laughs) Throw that out. But uh, what we see is that there were people that were saying, I don't want to go to church because I might get persecuted. might not be safe. You know, I could be in harm. And what you see is uh, don't neglect. So what you see is there were some people that were kind of like, whoa, I don't know. And it's saying, hey, we get it's dangerous, but don't neglect. Neglect means don't stop. It doesn't mean there's not going to be periods of time where it might be hard for the church to meet. When you look at things like leprosy outbreaks and you look at different plagues that have happened throughout church history, yeah, there might be a time where you got to kind of pull back, love your neighbor, be safe, but don't neglect, right? Mm-hmm. That's a key word. Don't neglect the gathering, the meeting together. And, and it's also hard to stir up one another when you're not meeting together. So when we look at that verse held with the Romans 13, it's like, okay, we've gone months now, right? And, and we're now seeing spiritual unhealthiness. We're seeing people who are struggling. They, we were built for contact. They're struggling in this. And what's hard is there's still people who will be unable to meet because they're at a high risk or they're in danger. And our heart breaks for them. And we don't want to say, hey, you're you're doing something wrong because you can't meet. We're saying, hey, we're going to provide online platforms for you to engage with the hope that we can some way meet with you, love you. We can't do hospital visits right now. Mm-hmm. Parents aren't being allowed to go back and be with their kids. This is This is hard stuff. So how can we still meet to the best of our God-given ability so that when I read Hebrews 13 and I have to give an account, I can say, God, we went to every length possible to meet who we could meet with and to love who we could love and shepherd who we could shepherd. And even for those who couldn't come, we provided a platform for them to hear from your word be comforted from your word and know that they're a part of the family and that they're being shepherded in the same way. And that's a hard tension, you know, we've looked through and we've tried to to do, but you know, that that's, you, you asked for verses and I only gave you one, right? Yeah. So that's my apology. So we're going to go over to Acts chapter two and we're going to look, and this is really what's spurred in our heart or stirred to come from Hebrews in our heart to continue to find ways to love the people of the church um, in a God-honoring way. So you look at Acts 2.42, it reads like this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. So you look at that. The church starts in Acts chapter 2, that they were continuing to gather. They were continuing. If you look at the word devoted there in verse 42, it's a strong word. They were committed to it. And that's going to be our new sermon series we start this week, FYI. It's going to be the devoted church. What does it mean to be devoted? And you come back in verse 46 and it says, And day by day they were attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food and with glad and generous hearts. 
And so you see fellowship, which is a, another deep word, koinonia fellowship. Uh, they have close mutual relationships uh, involving some type of proximity. They were coming together. And what tied them together? That they were listening to the apostles' teaching, God's word. What did Jesus had taught them? What the prophets had taught them? And, and then eventually scripture gets written from the apostles' teaching. And so we're sitting here going, man, how can we balance these out? Because we are gathering and we are singing. But the way in which we have to gather, we kind of have to space you out, get you in, sing, hear God's word, and then we got to move you out. And what, what I am seeing in our church and hearing from our people is we love coming together, but we want more. We want the ability to talk and ask questions. And you look at you're in the middle of a pandemic, a health crisis. You're in the middle of teachers. Do they go? Do they not go? Parents having to homeschool their children, the economy falling, and there's a presidential election in 98 days. Okay. You take all this in, it's chaos. Mm -hmm. And how can we help our church use God's word to guide what they're doing? And, and, and they need more than the Sunday. They need to process. They need to hear, oh, my kids are struggling too. Oh, you too. You know, we need to create that platform. And so with 242 groups, we're going to have a platform for people who can't meet. We're going to do it virtual because we want to love them too. And we want them to be able to speak and interact and engage with someone who's been trained in God's word, who's walking with uh, our leadership in, in what we're supposed to do. And we want to be able to go out and, and talk with people and answer their questions and point them back to God's word and a supplemental way to what we're doing with the sermon on Sunday. And so what we've said is, man, when we look at the scriptures, we got to do more. We have to do more. We have to go to every length to feed and love and guide the people of LBC. Um, that is our family that we will give an account for one day. And when we get to Hebrews 13, we want to look at God and say, we did everything we could. We went to every length to love these people and guide them according to God's word, to teach them all that you have commanded to pray with them and be with them in this hard time. So when you take that together, we see scripturally that we're assembling, right? In the temple, in the temple, we're going out to them and we're doing it safe and we're doing it in a loving way. And we're allowing all people to participate in a way that they can based on their health needs. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing those scriptures, Eric. Those are really helpful and helping us think through uh, just how to, the need that and the scriptural command to meet person. So with that in mind, as far as meeting in person and the need to meet in person yes. and the importance of that, absolutely. Um, you know, is there danger in just doing church online? Yeah. And again, this is another question I get. Because what you have to understand, there are multiple views on all of this. Absolutely. There are people that say we should only be online. Why risk anything else? And there are people that say we have to gather. People gathered through illness, sickness, wars. Look at China, underground church. And, and so what we're trying to say is we want to love both groups. We want to shepherd both groups to the best of our ability. And to answer the question now to the online side of this question is when you're online, the hard part is to follow the one another commandments you see in scripture. 
Like I, I have a list in our document, but just to name a few, bear with one another burdens. It's hard to bear with Josh's burden through a screen. Um, this is why you see kids getting screen fatigue. This is why it, it, a screen works for so long, but what they need that interaction. And that's why our heart breaks for the people who can't leave. But we want to provide the best and most we can for them. But online would never be our permanent solution. Absolutely. Right? Like just close the doors. We'll just preach from our offices. No, people need to gather. Why? Because they need to be irritated by each other. Because once you're irritated by each other, you can forgive one another, right? That's a command. You can offer hospitality to one another. Again, I'm from Ephesians 4.2. I'm from Ephesians 4.32. And I'm from uh, 1 Peter 4.9. You start reading all these one another's. Uh, Serve one another in love, Galatians 5.13. There's a lot of command. And those commands come from us coming together, kind of annoying each other, rubbing each other the wrong way, and saying God's love is what unites us. Jesus as our Savior is what unites us. He's loved me when I don't deserve it, and I now need to extend that love. So we see the ability to extend the love that God has given us to one another in the gathering, in the hospitality, in coming against people who are different from us. But if we just keep the ability to stay in our homes and never interact with anyone else, it's really easy to love and forgive because no one's making you mad, if that makes any sense to you. And so The danger in the online church is part of coming is that Hebrews, again, 13, that the elders are to shepherd the church. They can't shepherd people they've never met and they don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I've listened to sermons online. I love them, but Mm -hmm. I don't consider myself a part of that church. Absolutely. You know, um, and, and when I say I'm a part of the church, too, I love when I get to come on a Sunday and hear Andy teach and hear now Pastor Dave teach. Right. And even Josh teach, right? I like that because they're part of my church family and they're part of pointing me to God's word. And so um, I think online is a great supplement, but it can't be the answer. We live in Bakersfield. People travel, right? And so when you can travel with your family, but still stay connected to your church family, that's awesome. If you're sick and you don't have the ability to come, but you still want to stay connected, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. It is a beautiful, fundamentally second option. Absolutely. But, but the primary is to gather with God's people. Corporate worship, you can't replace that. Yeah. Right? You can't replace hearing God's people sing to him yes. in, in, in this glorious melody. right? And to know you're not alone and you do that together. And I often think that's when, when, when God's word is being preached in that Sunday morning gathering, that the heart is soft. And when someone says, hey, Josh, are, are you okay? You're more willing to explore that conversation in that moment than if I run into you at the grocery store. And it's kind of like, oh, hey, I got to get this done and you got to get that done. And it was good and it was good catching up and I got to go. Or you're not going to break down in the middle of the grocery store about someone who just died in your family. But a church, that's the that's the exact right place to share that you're hurting and you're not okay, Yeah. Right. And that you need help. It's like, that's why I'm here. That's how I serve one another. Mm -hmm. That's how I bear your burden with one another. You know, that's how I show hospitality. Come over. Mm-hmm. Come over, let me cook you a meal. You know? So these are the things that we can't be lost, that do get lost in an online setting. And so I'm tasked with this hard job of how do I, I don't want to demonize online. I think it's a beautiful tool, but yeah. I also don't want to make it the solution. Yeah. Right. So we want to say clearly the primary is the gathering. Yeah. But we have this other tool that allows us to extend God's word and love the family in ways that are important when they're unable to be there. Absolutely. Okay. Very well said.
Thanks for clarifying that issue. You mentioned as you answered that, just that there's a lot of tension between kind of both sides in the sense of some people really thinking that we really should only be online and then other people, you know, thinking that, no, we need to really be gathering. It's really important. Right. And so we're seeing that tension within believers in the church, not just in the culture. Um, And so I think a good question kind of about that is, you know, is the decision to stay open, does that mean that we're not loving our neighbor? Or kind of like, in other words, are we are we not loving people by, you know, identifying that, you know, they can't go out and participate, they feel... Um, they feel that it's not safe to go out. And so are we not loving people who think that way by continuing to meet in person? Right. So I would flip that question on its head and say, are we not loving people by not giving well people an opportunity to gather? See, the question has to play both ways and it has to yeah. cut both ways. And that's been the hardest part during this. And, and I think where people are really struggling is people want the ability to choose. Right. They're sick of being yeah. told what they can and they cannot do. And so what we've tried to say is we're not going to tell you what to do um, from a personal safety standpoint, but we are going to tell you, you need God's word. You need to sing to God and you need to be a part of the church in any way that you can. And so we're going to provide multiple platforms for that to happen. So if you're well, come. We've created a safe place for you to hear God's word, sing with God's people, gather and pray and do that. And so we've created that environment for them. We've also created an environment for our online people, audience, which, by the way, we have put a ton of work into making better because we realize that is a growing audience. And we want the sound to be good. We want the preaching to be clear. We want it to be as normal as it possibly can. Like our staff has worked hard at creating an online presence where you can feel as close to church as you can. Right. And so we want to continue to. That's why we've tried to reach out more through social media. We're here. We love you. We're with you. You're not alone. And so I think we're trying to love our neighbor from every aspect, the people who feel like they can come and the people who can't. And again, the assumption is that if you're not sick or if you are sick, I'm sorry, you're not coming. Right. And that no one is coming to willfully put someone else in danger. You know what I mean? And that you're being honest about you're healthy yeah. right? and you're OK to be here and you're going to follow the rules. And what we've noticed is that our church has done a fantastic job of, of following the order that they've been placed. We even don't let people exit until usually you yeah. tell them it's <laughs> safe to exit from a safe distance. Right. And and they're more than willing to say, hey, whatever it takes, we just want to be in church. We want to be around God's people, our family. We want to sing together. We want to hear the word together. And and so to provide that is a loving thing. But also for the people who can't, there's a way for them to participate. Right. Uh, It's even one of the reasons we've switched to doing our podcast through video. Yeah. So people can see that Our beautiful, face. that beautiful face. No. And I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> but to see like, no, we're real. You can right to see some of the emotion to see 
you know, what is it? Some 82 to 92% of communication is nonverbal. Mm -hmm. There's so much communication that takes place in being able to see. Yeah. So we're trying to answer that loving question by offering both platforms. And we're not going to demonize either side, yeah. right? If you, if you need to stay home, that's fine. If you're not comfortable going out, that's fine. But please engage with us on the platforms we have. Join an Acts 242 group online. Ask your questions. Hear from other people right? Hear from our staff in God's word. And, and if you're able to come, come, right? Because we want to see you. We want to see those faces singing to God, hearing God's word, and literally seeing God stirring up in the hearts change that is through his word and comforting as they're going out into a crazy world with crazy politics, with a crazy economy, with crazy decisions in front of them, right? Be a part of that. And we want to love both sides, you know, and we're doing that through what we see in the scripture. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for answering that uh, last question. And another practical question about staying open would be, are we breaking the law by deciding to stay open, especially with some of the new restrictions that the state has put in place recently? Yeah, that's a great question. And people have asked it. Um, let me qualify this with, I'm not a lawyer. I, I don't work with yeah. the law, um, but I did have uh, lots of questions that I've asked and the elders have asked of people who they do know the law and that is their profession. And what we keep coming back to is what's called the free exercise clause, which is stated in the constitution in the first amendment. And so we actually have a link to that. If you go to our website, again, the third button to the right, the furthest over to the right, click on that PDF, um, go to this question, it's question number two, and you click on the link and you can read the constitution for yourself. Um, but basically the free exercise clause states that we cannot, meaning a church, a, a worship house, an assembly of you know, religious people, cannot be dictated to how to meet and if they can meet. Okay, And that's huge. And so we can't be prohibited from assembling according to the Constitution. So that's really important when you look in light of Romans 13. Um, from what we see, we're not even breaking the law. So to say that we're ignoring Romans 13, I, I would consider to be a false statement because we are allowed that right freedom and privilege. Okay, now the governor going against that, the president saying that the churches are considered essential, uh, that's for them to sort out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's not my, my job and my business. But what I do know is that we have the freedom to assemble um, but we're also taking that very serious on how we're assembling, right? We're assembling very safe. So uh, from what we can see, and I've been advised, uh, we are not breaking the law. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for clarifying that question. And, you know, as a final question today, maybe there's some people who you haven't been able to come back to church um, in person yet, and maybe you would like to soon, but yeah. you're not exactly sure what it's going to look like or what we're doing to make sure there um, is a safe environment. Eric has mentioned some of those things today, but just to specifically ask that question, what precautions are we taking on Sunday mornings to help provide a safe environment? Yeah. So let me start off by saying I get asked this question a lot. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are shocked 
when you're able to meet, like what, what are you guys doing? Yeah. And so let me start by saying it is a little bit of a uh, strict process, but it is done in by design to make sure we're being safe. Um, some churches are um, saying, hey, just whoever comes first come first serve. And, and, and if that's what they want to do, that's fine. Sure. But for us, it, it breaks my heart to think that we would have to um, tell somebody they can't come. Yeah. So we've um, done a registration process. So uh, we've had some people that have struggled. You know, they're either their Internet didn't work or it wasn't clear or a link on our side might have been off. Um, if you just call the church, yeah. our staff would love to help sign you up and help you get there so that when you come on Sunday morning, you don't have to worry about rushing, fighting, um, getting a spot. You know there's a spot for you. And so when you come, um, you'll be able to say, you know, you registered. They'll show you which way to go. We have distance six feet apart, right? We have marks so people are spaced out. We have masks uh, for people who maybe forgot or don't have them. Um, we don't chase people down and wake, make them wear masks, but mm -hmm. we encourage it. Um, we highly uh, suggest it. Um, we have the staff and the volunteers wear them. Uh, you know, for me, uh, during worship, I sing, right? I sing. But as soon as I'm done teaching, I put on my mask because people are going to be crossing me. And I want to be as safe as I can for those people. And we have them. So we have them come in after they've registered, right? We have the sanctuary spaced out so that, and it's marked out so that we have a six foot apart if you're not in that family. Um, and our our sanctuary holds 750 people. Yeah. Okay. And it has a very high ceiling. Yeah. Okay. And, and we are putting 100 people in there. And, and so, th so we're spaced out. And then as the sermon ends and the benediction is given, um, you or someone on staff comes and we release people one by one through an exit that people did not enter. And so they leave in space. And we also have hand sanitized stations, the, the touchless ones. Yeah. I was so excited to get mm -hmm. those, right? Yeah. And so you don't have to hit the pump. Right? You just yeah. put your hand under, it comes. So there's sanitation everywhere. We have so many of them. And that allows them to go through that. The other part that I love, because registration does fill up, is we have an activity center that we can fit I think somewhere between 60 and 70 people. And God has blessed us with men who can teach God's word. Like Josh White over here, right? Seminary grad, masters of divinity, able to go over there, open God's word and teach life because people, they're just getting screen fatigue, but also have people there playing live worship. And so if we're full, we have this overflow area for people to come still hear great teaching you know, I, I would argue over there probably has better preaching than in the sanctuary. But uh, and you have live worship and you have the ability to sit with other Christians and be there and be spaced out. And again, they exit out a different way than they enter. Yep. They have proper spacing, proper equipment. And so with all of that, we feel like we've really uh, done a lot of things for people to come safe. Right. And not have to turn people away. Um, um, but there is quite a process. Yeah. And uh, but we do that out of love. Uh, we do that out of care and compassion. And I love that people have said we feel more safe coming to church than we do going to the grocery store. Because one of the other things we do after people leave, we have a crew that comes in and they sanitize every pew. Right. And we work hard to love our people and help mm -hmm. them feel safe. 
And so that's what we've done. If you need help on that process, just call the church, right? 661-833-2800, and we'll walk you through it. Go online, click the links, follow it, and uh, we'd love to help you do that. And if you're unable to come, that's okay too. We have, we're improving each week on our online platform. Guys are getting more and more of the technology to help things look and feel and flow in a way that people feel like they're connected. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been really blessed just to have such um, a great church staff to help develop um, a, a really solid plan for staying open. Um, so we're super thankful for everyone on staff who has not only helped plan this, but also is uh, serving on Sunday mornings to help ex execute this plan as well. On top of that, this wouldn't be possible without uh, all the volunteers that we Absolutely. have helped. Too. We have tons of, of volunteers of you guys who have said, hey, we're willing to serve during this time. And if you're watching this and you've been volunteering, we just want to say thank you. We, we yeah. love you so much. Uh, we couldn't be just more thrilled that you would continue to, to serve during this time. And uh, we just love you and we're so thankful for you. But like Eric said, if you haven't been able to come, if you need help with registering, if you want more info on the things that we're doing on Sunday morning, or you want more specifics, please call the church office and let us know. We would love to talk to you. So thanks for being here today. We will call that good for today. You've been listening to the LBC podcast, a podcast of Laurel Glen Bible Church in Bakersfield, California. If you liked this podcast, please share it with a friend and please remember to sub subscribe so that you can stay up to date on, on all of our new podcasts. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.